This is Jerry Mason, the Kicking Lawyer, and I'm inviting everyone to join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. on the Kicking Lawyer fan page on Facebook for Law Talk Live, where we discuss business, politics, current events, and the law. If you miss the live version, you can watch the playback on YouTube or listen on your favorite podcast platform. All right, it's Jerry Mason, the Kicking Lawyer. We're live for another Law Talk. I appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, talk with us. Uh, as always, please like, follow, and subscribe to the content. We're available on all social media platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TikTok, Instagram, all that. You go to TikTok, and uh, we filmed some new ones today. Josh is doing all the dances on TikTok. All the dances. And then we've got <laughs> N.A. The Band, the local guys. Please download their album, Inside My Head. It's available wherever you listen to music for free. It is free. You're a loser if you haven't downloaded it yet because it's free and it really helps those local guys out. And then, of course, Michelle Allen is your go-to in the area if you're buying, selling, renting, leasing real estate. She's with Cry Like Realtors and would be glad to help you. She's also a nice lady. Uh, High Octane Martial Arts in Covington has been there since 93. We're celebrating 30 years in business in Covington, creating champion martial artists, MMA fighters, black belts, uh, kicking people in the face. It's great. Just go to masonsmartialarts.com. The Cellar Restaurant Prohibition Bar is located off Square in Covington. We are opening a second location in Somerville soon. You can come see us. It opens every day at 4. Saturday and Sundays we have brunch in the mornings. We're glad to see you. I'll be there this evening doing trivia. Mason Knight Digital Marketing. Josh will be glad to help you with your online presence. Your, uh, he now has a drone. He likes doing drone commercials. MasonKnightMarketing.com. The drone's pretty cool, actually. Uh, and then last but not least, the Covington Comic Con is returning to Covington, the Civic Center, on August 12th and 13th. You can come see vendors, wear cosplay costumes, uh, see a Batmobile, lots of cool stuff. Kids 12 and under are free. Uh, tickets are only $10. You can buy them if you go to CovingtonComicCon.com. So there's all that. And joining me today as my guest is Mr. Randall Duda. Yes. I get it right? You got it right. And uh, Mr. Randall and I got to meet because he is, it's still Maley Yarbrough, right? Correct. I know that I thought it changed hands a little bit, but we met when my father passed away and uh, they were kind enough to work with us um, and, and go through his service and everything. So how are you? I'm doing great. It's been a good day. Good, good. Well, so how did you get into, uh, are you considered a... What, what are you considered? <laughs> <laughs> well, I am the director of family services for Maley Yarbrough. Okay. Um, I do the aftercare. I do the prearranged funerals. That's right, because you're a preacher, right? Yes. Okay. So you're not a funeral director. Correct. Okay. Correct. Um, I do the, well, I, I like to make the claim that I work with a living mm -hmm. because um, that's, what God has gifted me with, mm -hmm. I'm actually over here because I'm pastoring a church in Millington. Okay. And Maley Yarbrough had an opening, and I could fill, and I'm able to work with families during difficult times. I'm a certified grief counselor, so I do a lot of uh, the aftercare with families, and um, it gives me an opportunity to meet them on a bad day and come alongside them and help them to get through the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it takes a special person to do that. So I do criminal defense law primarily, and that's another bad day. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, now I'm dealing with the living most of the time. Um, but yeah, I think you do have to have sort of a, uh, 
kid gloves or a certain ability to talk to people in a hard-to-deal-with situation and get them through that. Right. Well, one of the um, times of my life, seasons in my life, I worked for the Elvis Presley Trauma Center in Memphis as a volunteer chaplain and as a staff chaplain. Mm -hmm. And so meeting people right after a car wreck when the helicopter lands, I got a chance to... um, extend compassion at a very difficult time and that's just carried over into Maley Yarbrough and allowed me to have the heart that's touched when somebody is touched and mm-hmm. to be able to come alongside them and offer them the help and the comfort that they need during that time. Hmm. So I- I'm going to ask you a question and uh, uh, I assume you want to answer it but I'm just curious is it harder helping families when the deceased had you weren't sure they were like christian or you weren't you know like when they have you had dealings in that when i i I, my so dennis peeler that did my dad's funeral he was the the guy the preacher that was up there Mm -hmm. right he and i talked about it a while and he said the hardest funerals for him to do were the ones where uh and he obviously he's a very he's a man he's a salt of the earth good old christian preacher man you sure know he, you sound a lot like him actually you kind of remind me of him which is a compliment thank you he's a good dude you can just tell he's a he's a good fella and uh, fervently believes in the lord fervently believes in the bible he says that when they're not christians those are very difficult for him you know when the, mm-hmm. the you didn't know cuz in his view world view you don't know well he knows where he thinks they went you know what i mean so how do you feel when you grieve, help families grieve if that's either a non-issue or not an understanding of the fa- They don't understand that as part of that right. deceased life. Well, it goes back to something as simple as there was a criminal on a cross, but Jesus was crucified, mm-hmm. and he did not go to church. He did not have a membership. He was never baptized. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could not quote scripture, but he said, Lord, remember me. Mm-hmm. And that's all it took because Jesus said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Mm -hmm. So I cannot judge whether they're bound for heaven or or not. Uh, Only only Christ knows. He said, when the books are open, we'll be able to tell. Mm -hmm. But when I'm working with a family that does not have that assurance, my comfort is toward those that are living Mm -hmm. because that decision at that point has been made. Mm -hmm. And... Oh, there are some uh, religions that will say that there is a place of perdition, that if you pay the preacher enough money, he can pray them out of perdition or what have you. Mm -hmm. Um, I have not gotten into that theory, um, but the fact of it is when a family has someone that has passed, I'm there for them because uh, even when I preach the funeral, I'm there for those that are left behind. Mm-hmm. So my message and my comfort and everything that I do has to be for that one that is left behind that needs assurance, that needs to know the Lord. And if they have not had, if the person that's deceased has not had a relationship with Jesus Christ, then I cannot judge them, but I can tell them that our blessed hope is to see the Lord and we need to live every day as if he was coming for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I don't know if you were aware, but after my dad passed, literally, I, I don't know, six weeks, five weeks later, my best friend, like my whole life from being a little kid, 
was killed. And he was my age, so I'm 44. And so that was, uh, I had two big hits back to back that were, that have changed me in a lot of ways, honestly. It, it mm -hmm. made me stop taking for granted time for one. Yes. You know, like, um, and also I tried to stop taking for granted. I have a bad habit of, I'm so busy. There's so much I'm doing. And so people will stop by to talk to me. Like they'll, the people that I've known or the friends or they just, you know, wanted to come in and see me or whatever, which is great. And in the past, I would, I don't want to say I'd blow them off, but I was focused on the tasks at hand. And so they would come in. I'd try to hurry up, get folks out so I could focus on this, all this work I'm doing, right? Well, with my dad gone and then my friend Aaron, it hit me that uh, th those moments are not guaranteed. Right. I may not be here tomorrow, much less these people that I'm, that I'm interacting with. So I try to be more present now after that. Um, not even necessarily to be a better example for folks, to be honest. It's more just being aware that I'm mortal, you know, and time is so fleeting. Well, being a friend and having the relationships are invaluable. Um, the first time that God looked at his creation and said it's not good was when he said it's not good for man to be alone. Mm -hmm. And so we need that fellowship and we need the friendship because it helps us to sustain life. And I know what it is to be driven and to be so focused on your job and on your goals, but I also found that as time goes on, I have to realize what is important and what makes my life worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And taking time for those that, um, friends that need encouragement, friends that just want to stop by and say hi, taking time to take uh, uh, a friend and go fishing. You know, I went for years that I wouldn't uh, take off to go fishing or hunting, things that I'd loved as a boy growing up. Mm -hmm. And now I'm finding that, uh, hey, I need, to, I need to take time and, and do some things that are going to make some lasting memories instead of just making a big bank account. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have a, so I, I have a problem where if I get into something, I'm like into it. Like I'm all into it. So like I got into bourbon real big and, uh, you remember Jesus didn't grape drink uh, grape juice, just, just as a reminder. But anyway, <laughs> I, uh, I got a big bourbon collection and I, I was getting these fancy bourbons and they're just sitting there. They're literally just sitting in my house collecting dust, like literally collecting dust. And my wife fusses cause they're in the bedroom. And uh, so one of the things I've started doing is every week I try to go to the restaurant up there and we'll have a group that we call it book club, mm -hmm. even though we may not necessarily be reading. But anyways, a group of us will get together or just whoever I'm in passing with. And I try to share these bourbons because I got thinking about it. I'm like, why am I even collecting these? You know, I'm not selling them. Uh, you know, it's not like it's an investment. I don't know that I even want my kids to inherit bourbon. Right. You know, so I, my point was I'm trying to change my um, – sort of change what I focus on as a value, kind of like you're saying, mm -hmm. and that, you know, what is, what, like you said, what is most important? Is it most important that I have a bunch of businesses and I work 18 hours a day, or is it important I had that dinner with my wife, mm -hmm. or I had that time with my kids, you know, that, those kind of things? Right, and my wife would have um, the fine china mm -hmm. for a special occasion, and I've actually broke out the fine china and cooked her dinner. Mm -hmm. because to me that is a special occasion yeah you know having time with the love of your life yeah you, you have kids yes together my wife and i have five children and um 
do I dare say 16 grandchildren? <laughs> <laughs> they're, so they're all, are they all grown? Uh, my grandchildren your, are. Your kids? Oh, yes, my children okay. are, are okay. They're all adults and families and doing well, and I thank God for every one of them. Mm. And um, I've got quite an array of grandchildren that God has blessed us with, and um, I just couldn't be prouder of all of them. So uh, not to change the subject, because we'll talk about whatever you want to, especially on your business, but uh, I'm just curious, because I'm, I'm 44, right? Mm-hmm. My children are all effectively grown now. My youngest, Jude, he works at the restaurant, too, but he's 18. He's got a year left in high school, but he's 18, right? So technically, he's he's also grown. So then my wife and I may or may not have some children. Uh, she, she's been she's a step been the stepmother to him, but function mm-hmm. as a mother. She's right. awesome, yeah. But maybe some of our own. But if not, definitely looking forward to grandchildren. I'm at a phase where I miss them when they're small. So I have a theory. And I have a theory that the reason that grandparent love is so different than a parent's love is that when you're a parent and you get the kids, the stuff that is honestly the blessing, you're so busy you miss. Like them running in there if you're trying to – them needing you. You know, and they run in there, you're trying to use the bathroom, the kid's in there. You know, you're, you're trying to just sit for a second, and the kid needs you. They're constantly running around and always need you all the time constantly needing you and then they get where they don't need you because you did a good job actually my children mm-hmm. are great right but they don't need you and now you miss that part so then when you get grandkids you realize that that part that the that is a parent you you hated or didn't look forward to or was a, a stressor is the blessing you mm-hmm. know and that maybe as a grandparent i can see how oh I, when they're needing me all that time that's i'm looking forward to that you know well when my children were young I worked two jobs. I was driven. I had to make incomes so my wife could stay home with the kids and a lot of things we did. And it was um, it was really interesting that when my grandson Trevor was born and I took him out for ice cream and I come back with this huge ice cream cone <laughs> that's twice as big as my grandson's head and Joshua, my son, looks at me and he says, Dad, what in the world are you doing? And he said, hey, this is God's reward for me not pulling your head off when you deserved it. (laughs) So I have the grandson. I get to spoil him. It's my right because Mm -hmm. I was so focused on making a living then Mm -hmm. that now that I have a grandchild, I have more time to um, invest in them. I want to do that. And um, here lately I have, again, been – driven because I'm working two jobs as mm-hmm. a, uh, again and it's it's cutting out my uh, my time and I really have to refocus a lot of that attention back to them mm-hmm. so what church are you the the preacher for it's Rosemark full gospel church in uh, Millington mm-hmm. on Kerrville Rosemark Road um, it's a small church I got uh, acquainted with the uh, Carlton Rose through the Rose of Sharon and the mm. youth camp programs and the church camps that they have out here at Burleson. And his brother, uh, Glover Rose, pastored the church down at Millington. And that's where I am um, came in this last year and have been working. And God's been blessing the church. And we're trying to uh, to move it forward um, after someone that's, well, let's see, Brother Rose had been there since 1979. And so it's hard shoes to fill, but uh-huh. um, the yeah, that, that's where I was born. They're pretty good. <laughs> the Rose of Sharon, uh, they used to do it. They may still do it. They used to do a youth camp. 
Yes, they and, just came out of youth camp. Oh, did they? Yes. Okay. That's where I got saved was it uh, the youth camp. I went there, oh, man, I went there, I think I went there two years in a row. And uh, as a kid, it was a good experience. It is. Yeah. I'm really proud of the work that they do there and to their – they're still doing their camps and the, and the kids are still coming and I just uh, saw them on Facebook and the the crowd looks like it's it's doing real good. Back when I did it, it was all in an open air tabernacle mm-hmm. and uh, there was a fishing pond not far out back. Where, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's times I I'll be honest, I snuck off and went fishing. Yeah, uh, but it was uh, it was a place where the I got uh, to know the Lord in a great way, and uh, Carlton Rose actually baptized me when I was 12 years old. Really? So um, there's just wonderful people. I can't say enough good things about Carlton Rose and his family. Yeah, and for people watching, they used I don't think they did it this last year, but they used to do the Christmas, Christmas lights, Christmas City. Yeah. He's gotten to at an age now where it's difficult for him to do himself. Mm-hmm. And trying to find people that's willing to help him with that has been um, a bit of a problem. They didn't do it. Um, hopefully, there'll be some folks that can step up and help him, and mm-hmm. they can do that again. Because I know families were blessed by that. Uh, oh yeah, no, my, my family went. Years. I mean, in the '80s, I don't know when they started it, but in the '80s, when I was a kid, we went. That was a regular thing every year was to go mm-hmm. to Christmas City. Sure. Uh, you remember it, Josh? Oh yeah, yeah. I remember when I was little. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I figure it was a good fundraiser for the the church and the grounds too, because they had a little donation box there at yep. the end you could had do. A little donation so um, yeah, I mean I would think that if he could find some folks that can help, I know he helps a lot through the criminal justice system too. There's some folks that he's trying to uh, witness for and to, to maybe yeah. he can do some work. So yeah, he definitely mentors a, a lot of people. I know he worked with them in a uh, uh, rehab facility and has done a a marvelous work and he just keeps on going he's mm. he's been energizer bunny for years i mean he keeps on doing what he does and um untold thousands of people have benefited from that man's life and i'm i'm proud of him and his brother that um i'm pastoring that church same way mm-hmm. so that family just re- were able to reach and touch people that this community would not have otherwise touched if it hadn't been for them so. yes sir well, why don't you tell me a little more about Maley Yarbrough, if you okay. know any. I mean, it's, uh, are you from here? Not uh, not originally, no. Okay. Well, I've been here my whole life, and that funeral home has been here my whole life, mm-hmm. that I remember anyway. Yeah. So uh, how did you get involved with them, or how'd they get involved here? Okay, Maley Yarbrough has been around since 1890. Oh, over, I didn't know that. Over 130 years. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a calendar in the lobby that has a three-digit phone number, okay? <laughs> okay. So they've been around for a long time. And um, they have served a community, and a lot of um, a lot of families, generation after generation, have been um, served there. They started out uh, in East Liberty. They moved uh, to the current location in '76, and um, been serving a lot of families. What we are doing now that separates us and gives us, because um, funeral homes in the area are wonderful mm-hmm. and i'm going to speak for every one of them i love these guys and ladies they do an excellent job so i'm not um you'll never hear me say a bad word about a single funeral home in this area mm-hmm. because i believe that it takes a special calling and they do a great and a wonderful job one thing that sets us apart 
is that we want to try to customize services now and the celebration of life to be as a direct reflection of the life that they live. Mm -hmm. We've had services where the um, person was an avid hunter and we were able to put the hunting memorabilia out that people could relate to and, and see that fisherman and everybody that came left with a fishing floater so that the next time they went fishing, it would remember him, that yeah. person. So we try to personalize and make things very special because the family needs to celebrate the life as a point of closure and the fond memories are the ones that need to last. Uh, some people can linger in um, a state where they have to have uh, 24-hour care. And some of those memories, as good as they are, are not as good as when they were younger and vibrant. Mm -hmm. And we want to take the uh, special memories that people should remember and have close in their heart and make those the reality that they remember during this time. And so I think that really sets us apart there. Um, and then in, in my job, uh, we've got the family planning guide, which everything you need to know about how to plan a funeral and everything the funeral director is going to need when that time comes is in here. Mm -hmm. Step by step, you fill it out and we put it together and Pray that you have a long life. We want everybody to have a long life, but we believe in having a plan. Well, I think that's, you know, I deal with that, or used to. I don't really do them anymore, but I used to do wills. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot of people, you know, they'll be 20-something years old and never even think about they need a will, you right. know. And then you got people that are in their 60s, 70s that still don't think they need a will or don't have one, you know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, again, it's not so much even for you. It's for your loved ones right. after the fact. So there's some guidance on where how you want things to work out. Um, but like I was so with my father, so luckily he had a burial policy. Do you guys direct him to any of that or have access? Mm -hmm. So that's very important. Yes. Because no matter what size funeral you plan to have, there's a cost associated with it. Mm -hmm. And unless you're made of money, it can be very expensive. And so with, with my dad, honestly, I just assumed he didn't have anything. So we just assumed that, that, uh, you know, I was going to have to pay for Honestly, I was just going to have to pay for the whole thing is what I figured was going to happen. But uh, luckily, he had uh, a policy that covered the majority of it, and then, then we just had to pay a little bit on the balance. But my point is, people need to plan for that because mm -hmm. my, mom, my mom has learned from that. My mom, mom has now gone and gotten a whole life insurance policy and everything um, mm -hmm. because she was afraid of how she saw the stress it put on everybody during a stressful time anyway. Mm -hmm. So I think a very important step everybody should take is to have some type, I say burial policy, they're really just life insurance policies, but well, usually directed for burial purposes. Well, the difference in a life insurance policy, what I like to tell people is it's for the living. Mm -hmm. Because my life insurance policy, right now my wife thinks I'm the carpenter, mm -hmm. the painter, the small appliance repairman, the mechanic, the lawn boy. When I pass away, she's going to have to hire the small appliance yeah. repair, the lawn boy, yeah. the mechanic. And so I want those funds available for her. So I take a burial policy so that it can only be used for the funeral and no worries. It's done. Mm -hmm. And that's why I want to break the stigma of a lot of people trying to wait because a lot of times 
you have to have the money up front. Mm -hmm. The life insurance policy requires a death certificate. It takes a few days to get a death certificate to a life insurance company. Um, so yes, we can still use life insurance and we still make allowances for that. It's not a problem. I'm just saying that it's a better way when you have a burial policy. That way you know that no matter what, it's good. Life insurance can sometimes be counted as an asset if it has um, mm -hmm. value. So let me be clear then. So what you have is you pay in advance for this. Correct. Oh, okay. Well, that's different than what I was thinking about. So that's the same objective, but I think it would be cleaner. And the reason that I think that could be cleaner is if I choose you guys for mm -hmm. where I want my services, right. I can go ahead and have it all outlined on exactly what it is. So in my case, we had to find the policy. We had to get the death certificate, the whole deal. And then we didn't know if it was going to be enough to cover what we were trying to do. Whereas it sounds like this can be planned out so you know it's taken care of. If today you think that your funeral is going to be $10,000 and you buy a $10,000 life insurance policy, it's worth $10,000. Mm -hmm. Should you um, live another 50 years, inflation is going to make your uh, cost of your funeral go up. Mm -hmm. And as it goes up, your life insurance policy is still there where if you pick out a $10,000 funeral, you pay for it, you have a, a guard against inflation right there because if it's in the contract, you're gonna get it mm -hmm. and you're not gonna have to pay extra for it. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also an accident clause in there. Once it's issued, if you're in a fatal car crash, nobody has to pay another payment on it. Mm -hmm. That whole funeral is paid for. So there are benefits that um, are out there that um, make it worthwhile that you pre-plan because number one on the worst day of your life do you really want to have to answer uh, 50 questions mm -hmm. do you really want to have to go home and go through a drawer full of memories to find that piece of paper that has this listed on it mm -hmm. if you can go in pull this out take it to the funeral director and hand it to them it's a whole lot easier mm -hmm. and then knowing that if the price has tripled since you made your arrangements, no one has to pay an extra dime unless they want something that's not included. Yeah. So if um, they didn't put a um, casket floral piece on there and you want to buy flowers at the time of the funeral, yeah, that'll be a little extra. But all of the basics are covered, paid for, and no one has to worry about it. And their wishes are in there all the way down. Um, there's been funerals in the past where people have gotten in disagreement over do they wear their glasses or not. Mm -hmm. When you're laying in the casket, you look like you're asleep, and when you're sleeping, you're not supposed to be wearing your glasses. Mm -hmm. But yet, Grandma doesn't look good if she's not wearing glasses. It doesn't look natural. Mm -hmm. You can put it all down in here what you wish, all the way down to you put it glasses on for the visitation, take them off when you close the casket, donate them to the Lions Club. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can do in there that um, outline it and keep the conflict down. Mm -hmm. Because on the worst day of your life, let's just say that you and your brother-in-law are not best friends, okay? your wife is having the worst day of her life and she's not gonna be able to plan your funeral. 
and her brother is sitting right there and he don't like you, do you really want him to plan it? Or would you rather do it ahead of time mm -hmm. and save all that emotional trauma and expense and, and everything else? So we've got that and that family planning guide, we offer it to everybody that comes in and it walks you step by step through there. We have payment plans that are very affordable and the younger you start, the easier it is. Uh, a lot of the stigma has been we wait until way down the road before we start thinking about funerals. And at that point, uh, you're on a fixed income, mm -hmm. possibly, mm -hmm. and uh, the price has increased considerably. Yeah. Or if you start out younger, you do it and don't have any problems. And this is one thing that we really love, and it's the child and grandchild protection plan. If you come in and do yours, your child or grandchild that's unmarried and under the age of 21 gets the same value funeral for free until they turn 21 or get married. Mm -hmm. And so we offer that as a benefit because we know a lot of young people, um, every day you hear of a young person that's had a four-wheeler, had a car, had a stray bullet, had something that has taken their life prematurely and this covers them at no cost to the parents until they are an adult. And when they turn 21 or till they get married, they're considered an adult. This doesn't cost anything, but it goes away when they're 21. Mm -hmm. And the conversion factor there is time for them to get their own. Mm -hmm. So we offer these little benefits to help families, to help parents, to help grandparents. Um, Back years ago, the grandparents were the ones that went to the funeral home and bought the burial plots. And then they bought, um, at times they were like two and $300, maybe $100 mm -hmm. burial policies because um, what the federal government still thinks at that time because $255 Social Security benefit payment yeah. is all you get. Yeah. Um, and at one time that was enough for a funeral. It's not anymore. So what is, and again, you don't have to get specific with Maley Arbro, but you probably know the industry standard. What is the the average cost for a funeral? Um, I've seen average cost of a of a basic funeral anywhere from uh, five to fifteen thousand. Mm -hmm. um, you don't. I mean, there are specifics. You can have extra. You can have add-ons. You can have um, a different casket prices and all that kind of thing. Um, but that's why it's very important that you come in, you see what you want, you get the family planning guide, you make your plan, and then we um, put together the policy and the financing. And when you walk away and that subject ever comes up, you're a hero because you look at them and you say, Hey, mine's done. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. But the um, the good thing that we look at is serving the needs of the family when the time comes. Having the dignity, the compassion, the caring attitude. And, you know, I've got to give a shout-out to the ladies at Mailey Yarbrough because uh, they have compassion that reaches out when it's really needed and um, – Amber is our funeral home manager, and she does a wonderful job with families when they come in at need to try to um, give them 
everything that they need and um, she keeps them from emotional spending and buying extra things that they may or may not need uh, may not need she wants to get everything that they do need uh, Diane she says that um, a lot of times she's a crybaby because she gets so involved with her families mm-hmm. that it touches her heart and sometimes she can't fight back the tears yeah and uh, she, you know having a heart like that for the community and for families during the worst times of their life many days makes us stand out that it's not a cookie cutter cut and dried funeral we're not a funeral home without a heart we're a funeral home that cares about the people that come in the door and the families that walk out the door Mm -hmm. because we want to be there for them from that point forward as part of the Maley Yarbrough family the um i forget her name the young lady that was our director what was was who what was her name the that was amber that was amber it? was it amber that was, that was amber that oh, okay was amber, yeah. Right. yeah she did she did a great job yes and it sounds sexist but uh not that we didn't think she couldn't do the job but when we first met her i guess i had never met a female mm-hmm. like funeral director before and um uh, she was very compassionate she even dealt with my mother my mother is, uh, of course, a, a great lady. Of course. Right, just, right, Josh? That's right. But uh, she got a little upset at the grave when we were... Actually, Josh got upset, too. No, I got very They very called upset. me because where we were, my father had paid for a plot. Now, this is nothing y'all did. This was uh, this the, was the, the grave, funeral home. the graveyard. Yeah. yeah, so they... my Not funeral home, the graveside, I'm sorry. So they go to confirm the plot location, and the, the grave yard people had the church is really what it was that they had buried somebody like in the wrong spot that was like too close to where my parents thought they were going to be buried right beside my dad's parents they and essentially so buried someone else in the plot that they had already purchased yeah so now my mother who's already super stressed and they had already planned in their head this is the way things were going to go where they were going to be in this graveyard we're not going to be there and so uh i think i think amber was out there but josh and my mom were there and they were getting not happy because you know this is a very important thing to us our father and so they call me and so and i try to be reasonable i'm like look is there a place we can put it and so they end up uh, there was a place adjacent to it where it still sort of touched the corner of where my grandparents uh would be and i was like dad daddy's not gonna care like there's room here for the both of you it's still right here it's still these masons are all right here it's gonna be fine uh, but they were very frustrated, and um, it, that was a frustration. And I want to say there's one other thing that rose, but I remember she was very patient with everybody. And, yeah, your whole crew was pretty compassionate. We were very pleased with the whole experience. Yeah. Well, Amber is um, is young, and you're right. To see a, a young female in the management role is um, kind of a new concept in some areas. But she has stepped up and filled that role with professionalism and Mm -hmm. compassion, and I couldn't be prouder of her and the work that she's done in the community and to see the way that um, uh, Diane has come along, and she's an apprentice funeral director, and she's doing an excellent job. Jonna's an apprentice funeral director. She's doing a a wonderful job. Um, Barbara is our administrator and, and the office and takes care of all the financial things there. Um, Janie Hall, uh, 
is does wonderful with the the markers and with the cemetery plots and keeping all that stuff straight because she is very meticulous and very diligent about making sure that everybody is in the um, coming to Memorial Gardens, which is our funeral home, mm-hmm. our, our cemetery. Um, she's very meticulous about exactly everything has to be perfect, and she does a wonderful job there. Um, Jonathan is our, uh, he's listed on our webpage as our um, grave digger, but he is a cemetery technician. Yeah, that now, guy can get in and do things that he, I guess, is the one that we met because we went out there and um, he was the guy with the rods. Well, we were, we were, we were at a different. Yeah, place. but I want to say they might have sent their guy. I don't yeah. remember who the guy was. I think he's the guy that does it everywhere. This, this guy come out that was the guy that digs the, the space. And he was a real nice guy, but he was using the old school rods to determine if a body was there or not, which I had never seen. I'd seen the rods for like finding water, but it never. I, I just I think, thought it was think it pseudoscience. Been, I think it might have been a different guy. Honestly. Well, regardless, yeah. my point is, I was more talking about these rods. So anyway, because, we, because the reason I say that is because of the the grave site he's talking about that's associated with the funeral home sounds like the one that I would want to be buried in because it sounds like they got their stuff. Well, together. it's where where <laughs> right where he's talking about is where grandma and grandpa on our peeler right, side are buried. Right. They're buried in yeah, that funeral they, they, home. They actually seem to keep files on where people. Yeah, are. and they're buried where they had thought they were going to be buried. <laughs> yeah. But what I was trying to say is important is these rods. So anyway, like divining rods yeah, for yeah. finding water. Yeah, he's got okay. these divining rod things, right? Which I just thought with some pseudoscience bull so he's walking around and like he walks over a grave and they start crossing and i'm like oh that's bull i was like let me see those things so he gives them to me and uh i go to walk you know across where we were looking for daddy and nothing happens and then i go over to this other one where it's a great and they cross and i'm like that's it i don't want these because i didn't do it they legit <laughs> just cross i don't understand how they work or why they work but so then he that was his first check and then the guy because they, they they weren't sure that the the space now we were looking at was empty. Okay. Yeah, they they you know it's that the, this funeral home has That's been a, around a long time, and they were afraid that that was, a, that was another that they were going to dig in there and hit not somebody. Fu- not funeral home cemetery. Cemetery. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I keep misspeaking. Yeah. I want to uh, make cemetery. it very clear where all the problems we're frustrated with were not anything to do with. No, 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 no. It was yeah. that was the biggest frustration was the the cemetery was yeah. where we I mean, we weren't with the Covington was a Memorial Garden. Covington Memorial Garden. Yeah, we were cemetery. We weren't there. It was out in the county where we'd gone to church and stuff. So. Yeah, well, a lot of these um, cemeteries like that, they do the best that they can, but through the years, the um, person who's maintaining that has uh, passed away or has moved away. Mm-hmm. So there's um, the record keeping and different things has, has passed. Um, and then there's been everything from tornadoes to floods to oh sure I, like I get that. it H- hindsight but I'm not upset with them one of the um, main reasons that we keep the records the way that we do and like I said Janie Hall is one of the most meticulous ladies and the sweetest person that you'll meet when it comes to doing that mm-hmm. um, because if one particular record um, is in question she has two others that confirm it. Mm-hmm. So she has three different checks to confirm everything that she does. And her system is practically flawless mm-hmm. because I believe she she does it and makes it work. Yeah. So that's um, 
that's one of the benefits of using Covington Memorial Gardens is because we have that um, oversight and record keeping and know where. Are there still spots open there? Oh, yes. That place has been there so long. It's been there a long time, but we do have a lot of spots there. And uh, I'm going to ask you one more side question, and then I'll, I'll let you tell everybody where to find you and stuff. And, and you may not know the answer to this, or you may not even know about this. So when I – growing up here, I used to play ball out at the ball fields back back behind there. Uh, it was the what, Dixie Youth Baseball Fields. And uh, when we would be between games or some, my brother was playing or something, we would run under the cemetery to play, really, as mm-hmm. little kids. And there was this one statue of this little uh, I know, boy. I know what you're talking about. It's a, it's a, it's a gravestone headstone, but it's a statue. I think it's been removed since. Okay, I, I don't know if it's even. St- I haven't been over there in years. Yeah, I believe it was called. I think his name was Richard, if I'm not. Maybe right. Yeah. yeah. And anyway, there was this. You know, they had these uh, scary stories about it's what would like happen to the statue at supposedly night. Supposedly, if you spit on it, then you would get cursed, and it was like a it's some local, silly kid, like a local kid legend. legend. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious if y'all knew anything about the history of that. I'll ask David Gwynn. I, I was going to say, I'm sure that um, there'll be someone, and even Jonathan, our cemetery technician, mm-hmm. he he would probably know the the story behind that because he's been around for oh lord 20 years i think he's been doing this yeah and well this would have been almost well i'm when i'm 44 so this is like i don't know 39 40 years ago mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah out at covington memorial gardens now we have the uh bronze on granite and the flat markers out there mm-hmm. uh, and um, so the statues um, a lot of that is gone um but i'm uh, never been real superstitious mm-hmm. Because um, it goes back to my biblical roots that um, there was a prophet that came and he was hired to go and curse the children of Israel so that they could be defeated in battle. And he returned to the king and he said, you cannot curse what God has blessed. Mm -hmm. And so I don't worry about um, horoscope, witch doctors, Mm -hmm. all of these things because... God has truly blessed me in my life, mm-hmm. and I don't, it, you know, the superstition, all of these things does not even factor in because you cannot curse what God has blessed. Yeah, it's interesting. So I had a a, a witch on a couple weeks ago. I saw that. <laughs> oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, I actually saw that. And uh, I'm very, I try to be open-minded, and I'm sure. a Christian. I tell everybody I am, but even if you and I talk off the air about some of it or on there, I don't care, my views are unique, even as a Christian. I'm definitely a Christian, mm-hmm. but I'm open that there are things I don't understand or know. But uh, I, I don't, I don't know that any of that matters one way or the other, in my opinion, on uh, my faith. You know, um, but it's interesting that you you, you have a, definitely a different view than when we had right, Josh. That's the oh, yes. we, had. we we have a very wide range <laughs> of guest types on the podcast yeah she did the whole tarot reading and the whole i mean we've whole had thing. clowns elvis impersonators preachers politicians well you know here's the thing musicians. here's my thing about it you, you and i would probably agree on more things than disagree on a lot of like religious things honestly mm-hmm. but uh if you don't talk to people that are different one, right. you can't learn how to strengthen your own argument or see holes in your own argument. True. And two, that's what I think that's what Jesus would have us do. You know, Jesus wants us to witness, and you don't always wit- you're not going to witness to the other Christians. You're going to witness to the lost. You know, mm-hmm. and what better way to gain their their trust and belief in your faith than by relating to them and making them not feel like you think they're an outcast or something? You know what I mean? Sure. And I think there's lines to it, but um, 
Yeah, so I talk to just about everybody. Right. Well, you cannot minister to someone until you know where they are. Mm-hmm. And I talk to several people in different stages of life and you know where you do it on law talk i do it in uh, my office Mm -hmm. and on the phone and talking to people about life experiences things that they have done and one of the things that i have found is that if i know where they are then i can minister to them but if i'm trying to sit back in my office and come up with something not knowing where they are, Mm -hmm. then I'm missing the boat Mm -hmm. because I can't speak from their perspective. And God did not appoint me judge. Mm -hmm. And just because I know the Bible doesn't mean that I am an elitist or that I am qualified to judge anybody because I'm not. But what I am is someone who will come alongside someone and walk with them down the path that they're going for whatever period of time it needs to be to be able to help them where they are, not try to dictate to them where they need to be. Mm -hmm. Um, The original scripture that's uh, found says, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. The original scripture does not have the word should in it. It says, train up a child as they go. So your training has to be with your children on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and have teachable moments along the way because this parental guidance of do as I say, not as I do, does not work. Mm -hmm. But when you have rules without relationship, you have rebellion. But when you have relationship, then the rules come easy because Mm -hmm. you're willing to uh, hear what has to be said. And, you know, they say experience is the best teacher. And I have experienced a lot of what I say, not because I come from a perfect background, but because I come from a broken background. Mm -hmm. And that experience has taught me a lot that allows me to relate to people on a a whole lot of levels. Mm I was very upset because our family did not ever believe in divorce. The church that I attended at the time thought it was the unpardonable sin, Mm -hmm. but yet I was divorced. And I was talking to my mom, and I said, Mom, why in the world would this happen to me? I kept my vows to my wife. I did what I needed to do. I was a Sunday school teacher. I was a youth leader. I was doing everything that I thought I should do Mm. and she looked at me and she said there are people that are divorced that will need help that only a divorced person can give and my marriage counseling and my divorce recovery classes have been off the charts because I can relate Mm -hmm. and you have to walk with people where they are in order to be able to minister to them well I respect that well, and I appreciate you coming on today, too. Can you tell everybody if they want to get more information on you or Maley Yarbrough, where do they go? Absolutely. Um, com is our website. And um, if you want one of these uh, family planning guides, I recommend them highly. Um, there is a place on uh, our website. You go in, put your information out. I'll contact you, and we can get together and get you one of these with our child and grandchild protection. Our phone number is 901 901- uh, four seven 
5-9-7-7-8. I always have to look at it because I have it on speed dial. What did we do with that area of our brain I don't before? Know. I was just talking to my wife about that because oh. she's upset. I can't remember her cell phone number because it's programmed in. And you would think I would remember hers at least. Yeah. But uh, I remember as a kid, you remembered. You know, there were 10 or 15 numbers at least that I could remember. Sure. I still can remember them, but I can't remember numbers that are on the phone now. But if you call, if you call the funeral home, um, ask for me. I'll be glad to um, help you and set an appointment and, um, and get you in, get uh, – some pre-planning information. I've got literature. I've got uh, the family planning guide, the child and grandchild protection plan, and we would love to put it in your hands. Just give us a call. Cool. Well, Pastor Randall, thank you very much for oh, taking the time to pleasure. come on. And thank you guys that are watching. Uh, as always, you can like, follow, subscribe to the content across social media platforms, podcast platforms. You can listen to playback. You can uh, subscribe to it, share. We appreciate all that support that you guys can give. And, of course, if you haven't already, please visit us on TikTok. Um, there's there's a, a new dance that Josh is doing today. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, new dance on there. Check out TikTok. <laughs> NA, the band, a local group, we want you guys to support them. They have the album Inside My Head. It's available for free wherever you listen to music. And, like I said, it's for free. There's no reason not to download it. Help it's those a guys great out. album. Have you listened to it? Yes. Sweet. Uh, Michelle Allen, go to uh, in the area for buying, selling, renting, lease, leasing real estate. She's also a good person, like old Pastor Randall over here, so local, and uh, she'd be glad to help you out. High Octane Martial Arts in Covington, visit Mason Martial, masonsmartialarts.com. Been open since 93. Glad to have you come. Doesn't matter the age. We do all ages can come and learn to kick and punch and all that kind of stuff. Cellar Restaurant Prohibition Bar, I'll be there shortly. We do trivia on Tuesdays, ladies' night on Thursdays, live music Friday, Saturday, brunch on Saturday, Sundays is something fun all the time at the cellar. And Masonite Digital Marketing, Josh has got new commercials up with his drone. Just visit MasoniteMarketing.com. He'll be with website design, commercials, etc. And then last but not least, Covington Comic Con is returning to Covington on August 12th and 13th. It is family-friendly fun. You can see budget Batman, Batmobiles, comic books, vendors, tons of fun. Just visit CovingtonComicCon.com for tickets. Kids 12 and under are free. Next week, we will not be live. We have a pre-recorded Law Talk. Josh is going to be in Las Vegas um, doing debauchery, I'm sure. <laughs> and then I'm going to be in Dallas, um, the head coach now for the uh, Global Taekwondo Demonstration Team. And so I have to be there Monday. And uh, anyway, I'll be there all week for that. So hopefully you guys will be safe. Uh, make sure you check us out. We'll be uh, pre-recorded on Facebook, and then we'll be live the next week. So thanks for your time. Have a good rest of your week, and keep kicking. Thanks for watching, guys. Just remember that this is not legal advice or investment advice or business advice. This is for fun and entertainment purposes only.